What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Fit, Healthy, and Most of All Happy Podcast. I'm your host, Josh, here with my co-host. KG in the house. And uh, it's Mailbox Monday. So for those of you that are new, every Mailbox Monday, what we do is we take your questions that you've been asking us on Instagram. It's a great way to facilitate conversation. And, you know, don't worry if they've been asked before. Sometimes we like to go over them, go over them at a new angle to really, because at the end of the day, I think questions that everyone are asking are questions that everyone wants answers to. I think there's a lot of things, you know, where you're like, oh, I wonder how this works. And, you know, there's a lot of things too, you know, like where people all kind of have these common thoughts so to explore those answers a really fun way of doing it that's why we've done this series we also do a client shout out we do some quotes we try to make it a little bit fun whereas you'll see our thursday episodes are very educational to the point and they're kind of centered around that uh, but without further ado um, we're going to get right into quotes today we don't have a shout out unfortunately because myself and kyle slacked off it was family day here in canada which is a random holiday supposed to be with your family i just did it with sunday instead i know kyle did something at night um, but because of that our work day got a little thrown off so we forgot to do that post uh, but we're going to jump into quotes so what's yeah, i can quote? actually give a client shout out but i don't have a transformation photo because she signed up basically three weeks ago all right she came from one she of the deals we it have. Then. so it's uh yeah she's been killing it her name is stephanie um, and she's actually a personal trainer. She's just beginning to do her personal training. She's got one or two clients. And um, I just wanted to give her a shout out because she sends me probably about six form videos a day. And she's like so interested in learning. And when she signed up, basically she was saying, hey, I'm like a you know, personal trainer looking to get more knowledge. And um, Josh and myself eventually do plan on making like a course for personal trainers. So um, we don't actually have this obviously yet. We're just focusing on our actual training and whatnot. But I said, hey, listen, Stephanie, um, I can give you so many resources that will help you just with your career, help you with like understanding um, like how to deal with like clients and just like every basic like resource we have, which is like anything from eBooks to spreadsheets to our workout plans. Like I try to explain like why we're doing what exercise, what benefits, and she's been having a blast and just doing so well. Um, so basically what I'm trying to get across is like number one, she's been killing it, but I know a lot of personal trainers are out there that are also kind of in the industry trying to learn. And sometimes people can be a little bit, I guess you could say like, um, scared to hire another personal trainer because they think that they should know everything. So I think it's absolutely amazing that she was able to take the leap, you know, put her pride aside, hire me, and I've been able to help her so much. So we don't have a transformation photo yet because it's just a few weeks in, but huge shout out. You've been crushing it, and I'm excited for what's to come. Yeah, and what's wild is actually it's incredible how many trainers we actually do train. And I think there's no shame in that, you know, like, and I think if there's someone to be learned from, and even me, you know, I have a lot of people I look up to and who I seek info from and educate me. And, you know, that's the cycle of life. If you're not uh, growing, you're dying. That's the way we like to see it. Uh, so that's something we center around. And that's a great shout out. I've heard really good things. I've heard uh, she's killing it, which is awesome. So we're going to jump into quotes right now. So my quote, um, sorry, I actually don't have it pulled up. Let's start with yours. <laughs> uh, mine is, you must expect great things of yourself before you can do them. This is by Michael Jordan, the great. So uh, a little backstory this morning, Josh and I were filming, we were just hitting some really heavy numbers, some heavy squats, and uh, at the end of the set, he said something that just like hit me pretty hard, and uh, I'll let him repeat it now, and then I'll kind of go into my quote a bit more. Yeah, so I was, um, you know, for whatever reason last night, I couldn't sleep, and I just, you know, you know when you can't sleep, your mind's roaming, and I'm just like, how can I grow? Like, how can I take this to the next level? You know, I'm trying to get fired up, watch some motivational videos in the morning, The random, when the fire comes, you don't fight it, you know, like... 
when inspiration comes, you got you to gotta harness it and grow that fire, right? So I started watching some motivational videos, getting fired up. And, um, you know, obviously, if you're like me, you love to, you love to, or you hate to, no, love to hate Tom Brady, I guess, right? He's brutal. He always wins. Dude's a beast. You know, he's a monster. I have the utmost respect, but I hate him because he usually ruins my uh, hopes and dreams in life as a football fan. So I know how it is. But, you know, his story is just so impactful. He went sixth round. And, like, when, if you actually read the scouting report on him, it said he was undersized. He was weak. He was one of the slowest quarterbacks at the combine. Like, he ran so slow. People called him wooden legs. They said he was average everything, average effort, average ability, average strength. You know, like, he was just nothing to be looked at. And he arguably is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So one of his quotes, you know, in that video, he said, um, if you don't believe in yourself, how can you expect other people to believe in you? And I think a lot of people struggle to believe in themselves, to believe, you know, that they can be successful, that they can be fit, that they'll actually succeed, right? And if you don't have the utmost, you know, belief and ability to really think you can do it, no one else is going to be there for you too. So it starts with you, you know, you got to sell other people's that you're going to get things done. You're serious, you know, and it really just starts from within the mind. Yeah. And like, if you're a client of ours, of course, we're going to believe in you, but like, yeah, you need to believe in yourself first. And even like, it kind of goes back to like my workouts and like what I'm trying to accomplish, you know, got a competition in a week or so, and I've got to beat this guy, but you know, no one else is going to believe in me unless I really take the, you know, even putting on some heavy weights today, I was just kind of, you know, I, I tend to slightly doubt myself here and there, but then like coming back to this quote, to the quote Josh was saying, I'm like, wow, I can do this. And if I want to do it, I have to believe in myself. And, you know, for all of you out there that potentially struggle with like, just, um, you know, this whole self love and just like understanding that you can do it. Like you've got to start with your why, figure out how you can, you know, um, frame uh, the goal that you want to achieve um, to allow yourself to believe in you in, in the best way possible. So yeah, I just thought this was awesome. And I really enjoyed this quote. Let's go. So yeah, for me, my quote, uh, I think it can be said in many different ways. Um, but it's average skill, phenomenal will. And this is, I guess, you could even add this on to Kyle's or mine. And, you know, I think a lot of us struggle with, oh, we're not super gifted. I've never been the fastest person. I've never had great genetics. You know, I've never looked good in a swimsuit. Like, it's never come easy to me. It's come easy to others. But at the end of the day, you know, average skill is whatever. But if you have phenomenal will and you're just, you're not going to be broken, you're going to fall down, you're going to get up, you know, no one will stop you. And at the end of the day, even the Tom Brady example is just so good, right? Someone who is very average in every sense of the word. And, you know, you look at them and it's like, man, this guy's probably never lifted a weight in his life. But at the end of the day, he outworked everyone, outsmarted everyone, studied and he made it happen and he was great. So I think, you know, regardless of your circumstance or situation, there's solutions and just to have that phenomenal will and, you know, willingness, even from last week to not be broken, you know, you'll be unstoppable. So even right now, if you feel like, wow, I'm so over, I'm overweight, I'm 150 pounds too heavy. I'm like the weakest out of all my friends. Like I'm not the most attractive person. I don't have anything like, you know, just stop. Just start saying, Hey, I'm going to take care of everything I can. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to make it happen kind of create your destiny and yeah we get a little motivational on mailbox monday but that's okay yeah motivation monday right that's it okay now because we didn't have a shout out i'm gonna add a segment you ready for this oh, that's good that's i'm good. gonna add a segment called josh's random fact of the week this oh. is gonna be a headache to upkeep um but i think it's fun so lately i've been really kind of doing a bit more study on caffeine you know me and Kyle to talk about caffeine intake oh let's let's talk a little bit and, about this and segment. what we do right yeah we can add it to the title because Caffeine is so tough. Caffeine is amazing. It's going to fire you up. It's going to give you energy. But, you know, when you think of caffeine, you also think of a crash. 
So you really want to monitor its place in your life. And, you know, I think maybe like four weeks ago, I could not sleep, you know, because I had my normal coffee, but I just, you know, when you're actually yawning and you're ready to get to bed and your body is so exhausted almost that you're like, I need to sleep to recover. Whereas like when you have to put yourself to sleep and you don't want to sleep, you're wide awake. It's not really going to function right, you know? So I, I thought, and that night I'm like, I'm sick of this. I'm going to start bringing down my caffeine levels. Right. So I started by essentially removing about 200 milligrams from what I was intaking and I brought it down. Um, felt way better. It's been amazing for me. And now, like, I've just been really aware of it. I've been trying to really read into it and, you know, optimize it. And when's the best time to stop taking it? When's the most effective time to take it? Like, when shouldn't you be taking it? And I saw a weird YouTube thumbnail and it said mistakes we all make. And it was like coffee at when you first wake up or 7 a.m. versus 10.30 a.m. And it was one of those clickbaity ones where they X 7 a.m. and they checked 10.30. So I'm like, hmm, like for me right now with my caffeine, I wake up and first thing I do is I make a coffee, like first thing, but I'll drink the water while I make that coffee. Like that's number one. Um, then I'll do my gratitude journal. I'll do some reading. I'll do all these things. I'll just journal about life and then I'll get into all my work. So I try and do a little self-development with that coffee and I find it gets me in the right state of awareness. Um, but after doing some research today, um, so it's been shown, you know, the hormone that kind of wakes you up and when your body's producing cortisol and like when your brain's actually going to be in a state of heightened alertness for the first hour um, is going to be at a max from when you wake up. So by supplementing it with caffeine, it can kind of cloud that and it can lessen its effect, make you more dependent and need it more in the day. So I'm going to make it a challenge to not have coffee first thing. I'm going to try and wait, you know, start my first caffeine intake with my pre-workout, oh, yeah. get me in line. And then I think I'm going to move that coffee to when we're at Starbucks, Kyle and myself, you know, and the yeah. other two windows, they recommend not taking it. We're between 12 and 1 p.m. and 4.30 and 5.30. So they're natural kind of slumps. And that's when your body kind of wakes itself and keeps it in function because, you know, you don't want to be yawning and low energy and not focus. And, you know, for me, playing around with caffeine has allowed me to either have way more energy or way less energy. And if I'm sleeping better, I'm going to function better. If I'm more alert, I'm going to function better. So you really want to learn how to use it effectively. Uh, like if you're someone who's just pinning it, you know, and you're having like four large coffees a day, you know, I'd say that's dampering your potential. And, you know, even with this podcast in our life, we want every edge. Uh, so my new challenge will be just that pre around that 930 workout. Then I'll probably have a coffee right after that other window of 12 to 1, maybe at around 1.30. So I'm still having it further enough away from my bedtime that I'll sleep well. We'll see how it goes. Do you want to talk in quick? I still haven't even said my crazy fact. Oh, I love that because uh, Josh inspired me. So one of my clients, huge shout out to Karen. She had mentioned this. She was doing it for a while. But um, last week, Josh and I got talking. And ever since Thursday, the, four, the, th the 13th, basically it's been over a week. I've written down every single day how much caffeine I've actually had. First day was 410, then 325, then 250, then 205, then 150. Basically, it's going down every single day. Um, and I'm just really trying. And I honestly feel so much better, so much more alert. And one of the worst things, and I've said it over and over on the podcast, is feeling like you're a victim to something. For Diet Cokes, that used to be one of my crutches. I felt like I needed it. And the worst thing for me is just like feeling like I absolutely need a coffee. So right now, I'm at the point where even if like I don't have one, which has happened quite a few times, I'm like, wow, you know what? I can push through. I don't need this coffee. And I think mentally, it just goes a long way. And uh, something powerful is about like 
having a little bit less. Like I remember the times that Josh and I used to literally have two Starbucks coffees pre-workout plus another coffee in the morning. It was close to a gram. Like I remember Oh, I was like, wired, buddy. Oh my gosh. I was like, always wired. <laughs> it's just, it, you got to like sit down and think. So the challenge is like even take out a notepad and actually keep track because if you're having six or 700 milligrams, you know, you're not a bad person, but maybe think of what it could be doing to you. Think of like how you could get better or like how you could space it out. And like, just, I think, like even needing that scoop of pre-workout is something like, I don't want to have to take a scoop of pre every workout. I want to be able to go in and crush it without it. So yeah, and, uh, exactly. I agree with everything you said. And, you know, we also read an amazing book called the compound effect by Darren Hardy. And he made a great point. Um, he said, there's something that, um, Catholics do, I think for one month, I'm, I could be butchering that, but nonetheless, case in the point is they remove something from their life for a month or a week or whatever it is that they feel they're tethered to that has control over them. So, you know, for some people, it could be like alcohol. For some people, it could be sugar. Um, and then for someone like me, it's coffee, right? Like yeah. I literally don't know if I'm comfortable removing coffee from my life for a week because that's how, um, not, like how much I need it. And I find being that reliant on something is not the healthiest. And that's why, you know, for me, I'm always trying to tune up and adjust little things. So that's why I'm trying to make that change. Um, and I was against pre-workout. I stopped taking it for a long time. Um, not against it, sorry. It's just, it's a lot of caffeine in most of the doses, dosages and, you know, 300 milligrams is a lot to take at once. But uh, lately I've switched, you know, I've been doing about 150. And the reason for that is I really like the pre-workout before the gym, especially I'll do about four really heavy sessions, you know, two more mild with my current uh, setup and for those heavy ones i really like the mental alertness all the other ingredients that we've talked about in the all the ingredients your pre-workout should have episode i find they really give me an edge they get me dialed in they get me alert and now i'm really curious to see how i am waking up without coffee transitioning into that caffeine from the pre-workout for the workout i think it'll be pretty wild so i'm getting pretty hyped because i think it'll be some really cool moves through and through that'll help me uh you know multiply my results but nonetheless let's hear it here we are you did you know kyle you can overdose on caffeine like there is a set amount that will kill you interesting did you, they say or yeah I, i'm getting it so that's crazy i didn't know that there's a set amount of caffeine that will pretty much 100 percent kill you you will actually overdose on it like any other drug and that is 150 milligrams per kilogram of body weight all right let's okay do the math. now for someone who doesn't know what that is for someone like me who's about 216 pounds that'd be approximately 14.7 grams of caffeine or 14,700 milligrams of oh, caffeine. Okay. And if you're like, what does that mean? So a regular coffee here at Tim Hortons, like a medium coffee from our Canadian coffee thing is about 80 milligrams. So we're going to do 14,700 divided by 80. And that'd be the equivalent of 183.75 cups of coffee. Wow. So you don't actually have to worry about overdosing. Yeah. You'll be okay. The main thing you want to avoid is if you're someone who's overdosing on caffeine, it's been shown to make you more anxious. It can mess, you know, with your actual kind of clearing of the body, like the diuretics of it. It can actually lock you up. You know, you get some constipation. You could have some digestive issues there. But more than anything, an overdose of caffeine can make you overly anxious. It can really, really ruin your sleep. And then, yeah, more than anything, it's just that anxiety, that extra energy making you on edge and making you reliant. But uh, Yeah, dependent. I will say even like a lot of times people are like, oh, I have coffee at 5 p.m. You know, I'm totally fine. I can sleep well and stuff. But like I'd argue and you'd have to actually take a look at this. Like even if you are sleeping okay, like the, the deepness. Science of sleep, says you're not. You're yeah, not science says you're same. not. That's what I was trying and to say. And it's the same too. Like a lot of people say, oh, when I drink, I sleep like a baby. So it's great for me. 
but it's the exact same thing, right? It's actually the deepness of your sleep, your REM sleep, the most important sleep. When your eyes are doing that crazy twitching, um, you're not going to be getting as much quality, right? And that is something to keep in mind. It doesn't matter how easy you fall asleep. You actually have to think of the quality of sleep. Like, are you waking up and are you like jumping out of bed? You're fully rested. You're fired up. You're ready to attack the day. Oh man, how am I going to wake up? Snooze, snooze, snooze. Like that is not a good sleep. You should be waking up refreshed, replenished, ready to attack the day. I love it. All right. There's your caffeine, uh, caffeine, caffeine spiel. But uh, yeah, you know, we, we like to play with it, you know, take more, take less, see how you feel. And at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of fun being your own little test subject. Uh, What's uh, the first question here? First question is how can I go about finding a good uh, personal trainer or nutritionist in my city? This is from Samantha. Samantha, thank you for the question. Thank you, Samantha. Um, this one's this one's a good one. I'd say the first. Thing uh, you know what I would say yeah, to these it. good people of the Fit Healthy Happy podcast. I mean, first of all, unless you're a dead beginner, I caution against personal trainer, and that's as a personal trainer myself. But there's exceptions to every rule, and the reason for that is personal trainers. The main thing is going to be making you an effective program, coaching you through the movements optimally and safely. So I think everyone needs a tune up. You know, even me. Um, you know, someone was watching me the other day and they're like, ooh, you're kind of hyperextending your spine on your rows. And I'm like, you know what? You're right, actually. Like, that makes sense. I built this weird habit. I haven't been self-critical of it and I've adjusted since. You know, like, I think everyone can have a tune-up here and there. But more than anything, as we've said before, like, personal trainers, eventually, you know, it's very much so they're watching your form. They're making sure you're safe. They're holding you accountable. There's a lot of great aspects. But if you're someone who's pretty dependent, you feel uncomfortable with your movements and you want to follow, like, a set routine and just be given the advice and nutrition and you know you're pretty efficient at learning i would recommend bridging to online coaching the reason is it's more affordable you can do it from home uh the other big issue with personal training is you have to balance the gym schedule your schedule and your trainer schedule so it can be an absolute nightmare and it can be kind of tough sometimes to get going uh, so that's why we are huge fans of online coaching because Anyone can do it. You can be in Tim, Timbuktu, Antarctica. If you got a gym, I mean, you do you. We're going to give you everything you need to succeed. But if you're a beginner, it goes a long way. And then the other exception is like if you got a lot of money and you know you're just someone who likes having someone do everything for you. Hundred percent personal training is amazing. Like you know, in a perfect world, I wish I was so loaded that I could just have someone there loading my weights, you know, programming for me, and just go in, do what they say, and progress forward. But uh, it can get a little expensive. You know, if you want to see someone fairly regularly about maybe four times a week you know you could probably expect around a thousand dollars for really high quality personal trainer and you know even myself and kyle we we really struggle spending our money intelligently like finding someone who's like hey we're gonna help you grow this in the podcast or grow this in your business we have a very hard time forking over an extended amount of money without being confident in their value so it's hard to say who's a good trainer in your city um it's kind of a gamble right but what we would recommend looking for and like when we are actually selling people on personal training, we say, hey, look at our reviews. We have hundreds and hundreds of five-star reviews. Look at our transformations. Like we've been able to transform all these people. Like, you know, go ahead, call my client, ask them if I'm any good, if I'm there on time, if I take it serious. And like, is, are, is your trainer just going to be chatting to girls the whole time and not with you? Like ask good questions too. Um, one of the questions we really like a lot of people ask us with our online coaching is, you know, what makes you better than other trainers or why should... I pay you money. And if they're not confident answering that and they're not confident saying why they're better, I would be hesitant to go with them because, you know, for us, our thing is we're 100% effective. We know what we're doing. We've worked with hundreds of individuals. We're 100% confident. We have the social proof. You know, we have we the experience. And more than anything, our number one answer, go ahead, Kyle. We care, baby. We care. 
Yeah, and it's true. We the thing is like we don't just say that. Like a lot of trainers, you know, it's like oh, it's a means to an end. I get my paycheck. We're on with life. But like seeing someone succeed or getting a text, like when I wake up first thing in the morning, like wow, I'm at my goal weight. I've never felt better. This is incredible. Even this morning, you know, like oh, I just hit this squat. This is great. I had someone else. Wow, I can't believe I've lost three three inches off my weights in a month when I haven't been able to do that in a year or I've lost 30 pounds last year. I can't believe how like there's just so many amazing things and seeing people succeed gives me motivation to do it. And it's what inspires us to keep researching, learning and like honing our craft and getting better and better each year. Like, you know, next year I want to be even better than I am now. And like, that's our goal is to always improve and do the best. Yeah, I'd say even like for online coaching, if you can say you have like at least relatively decent form and that like when you're given a workout that you'll do it, then online coaching is a thousand percent for you. I have some in-person clients who will literally say, hey, if you're not showing up on my door, I, I'm not going to do it. And I'm yep. like, fair. Hey, that's then personal training's for you. Um, but, you know, above all for this whole like training and nutritionist question, you know, if you're at like a family event or you have like people you trust, um, I'm not sure if you're new to the city or anything, but just like ask around say, hey, have you heard anything about any good trainers? Like referrals are huge. Like we love when people, um, you know, are sent to us from like one of their friends. And I do believe that if you have some solid friends that you trust or family members, those people can send you in the right direction. Um, just ask the right questions, exactly what you're looking for. Cause you know, some trainers, like if you referred to a bodybuilding specialist, but you're just looking for a regular fat loss program, it could be completely opposite of what you're looking for. But like Josh said, just ask the right questions. Like obviously look on Google. I, I honestly like for anything I do, any restaurant I go to, I look at the reviews like, and make sure that they're consistent. And um, yeah, just ask the, asking the right questions is huge too. But I'd say one of the biggest things, like even like we post Kijiji ads here and there for personal training, but a lot of times like um, we'll see like other competitors of ours and they're just posting photos of themselves flexing. And to me right there, that says like, this guy doesn't care nearly as much about other clients or hasn't done anything for other people. So like looking for the actual testimonials, the referrals, like it goes a long way. Cause like, like Josh said, we care more about anyone than anyone else. So that's why in the ads we'll have one photo of ourselves and then like photos of everyone we've helped. And that, that's my biggest tip um, just for the trainer and nutritionist question. So, so yeah, that's hundred percent. We recommend, you know, online is just, it's great. You know, like having that accountability, it's, Hey, here's your routine. Here are macros. I'm going to check in with you twice a week. I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to see if you're actually increasing strength, if you're actually losing weight, if you're reaching yeah. your goals, gaining muscle, all these things. You know, you have that overview, but ask yourself what kind of person you are. You know, do you love that extra accountability and explore with it, right? But yeah. once again, there's a lot of people I see with PTs that definitely don't. Another great example for a PT, once again, a perfect world. I would love to have someone watching me like powerlift the whole time, being like, bro, Lane tweak Norton, this, bro. you know, tweak an inch here, tweak that. Like, you know, having that would be great. So if you want to be very elite or you want to get the most insane results ever and money isn't an issue, it can be an amazing avenue. Um, but once again, too, we also correct a lot of horror stories. So we have a lot of clients come to us. You know, once again, I always use an example because it's the most wild. I have a client who um, her trainer would bring her in, you know, stretch her out for two minutes and then put her on a treadmill. So I'll see you in 40 minutes and then um, whatever you go talk to girls and then you come back, you know, they do two machines and that was it. And I think she's paying like 80 bucks a session, which is wild. And Kyle even had a client whose old trainer would go and eat a pizza while he's training. Like, yeah, like weird crap. Yeah, you have to be careful. <laughs> There's definitely some clients so that even like sometimes I ask, okay, do they really need a trainer? But then they're like, okay, like they would not be pushing nearly as hard as like, um, as, as 
they are with me without that accountability, without that spot and stuff. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's really tough. Like the, there's some people who even come in and who want training and we're like, okay, listen, do you want to pay 200 a month for online coaching? That's going to do basically the same thing. Or do you want a thousand for, or plus for personal training? And a lot of times, like when they see the pros and cons, people are like, okay, let's do online coaching. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Like you don't need to come in here. You have the right mindset. You have everything you need. Let's just do online and make it easier for you. Cause you're going to stick to that a lot longer too. And it's five times cheaper, right? So yeah, the amount of yeah. clients that say to me, honestly, like this online is best investment in my life I would pay anything to do this like I don't even think of the money you know like it gets to that point right and people are just like man I can't wait I want to do more what's the most I can buy like because you know you can see the value there and it just it goes so long that's where the world's heading uh, we had a hard time explaining what online training was for a very long time um, but now people are starting to accept it. it makes sense you know everything is online and you know you can kind of do it at your pace and that's great and yeah it's going really well. What's uh, the next question? Um, so, hey guys. Uh, hey Josh and Kyle, love your podcast. It's gotten me motivated to get back into the gym. Awesome. We I literally love hearing that. Um, people are, are, are reaching their goal weights and stuff just from listening to this, getting back in the gym. Like it's the small things that really matter. So I love this message. Um, I've always struggled with upping the weights and controlling the movements, especially squats and free weight exercises. How can I improve my control? This is from Kelsey. Um, this, this is a, this is a pretty tough question. Um, I'm trying to think the best way to answer this. Like, you know, sometimes I will say like body weight and free weight movements, you know, especially barbell squats and stuff, um, are amazing. But sometimes like I, I what I'd recommend is just even sometimes like before upping it, like slowing down the movement and establishing control. So like, let's say if you're doing a barbell squat, like sometimes I think people even jump to barbell squats too quickly um, and bench press and stuff like that without actually being able to uh, understand proper control and like tension within the body and like even just like you can go a long way with not even using regular weight like we've done some things with like kettlebells where you're just like forced to rip the kettlebell apart create tension within the body get the back engaged and I think like really spending time with like these beginning movements um, like you know those regular kettlebell squats um, goblet squats and stuff before like always trying to go up and even just messing with tempo I think can go a long way as well because like if you're tr always trying to go up it just like could be a recipe to, for disaster um, so maybe just try to slow it down a bit try like a couple different movements don't just jump right into regular deadlifts um, I think you know that could go a long way but um, do you have anything to add here I want to talk about our rant let's hear it. some uh a lot of people have been misbehaving in the gyms lately. Me and Kyle are, we've been disappointed here in Toronto at least. Yeah. Um, and like legitimately, I wonder if there's some things people don't understand. Like, so if I can do my part to, you know, help everyone be better and have better etiquette, you know, that'll be sweet. So we were, we were trying to go to the gym the other day. It's freaking wild. We had to go to a gym we didn't want to go to. And it is the worst. Like the amount of nonsense I see going on is brutal. Like when you've been in the gym for 10 years, you kind of learn what's correct. Like, you know, you're sharing, you're using all the same stuff. You want to be nice with how you're sharing. You know, there's a lot of factors that do go into play here, right? So what happened was, you know, we're trying to use this deadlift bar and this squat rack. You know, we're trying to squat, whatever. And we go and this dude's in there doing upright rows. So that's when like you kind of lift your elbows up and he's doing it with a loaded barbell. And I think he has 75 pounds on there. Yep. And it's like, why do you need to utilize a whole squat rack that no one else can use now? When you could easily just use an easy bar to do the same movement. Like it made no sense. 
but he does like four sets, horrible form, leaves the weights leaves on the weight, and leaves. Yeah. It's like, what the heck? Like, it's just, it's been crazy what we've been seeing. The next thing that drives me insane is people, if you're one of these people, this is your chance to come clean. You know, I feel you. I used to be like that too. If there's no one around, sure. But doing barbell rows in a rack is just so pointless. Like, it doesn't need to be elevated. You can lift it and start with it on the floor. It makes more sense. Like, you know, the rack should primarily be used, you know, OH, deadlifts. OHP squats. Yeah. And we've been seeing people deadlifting in the middle of the squat rack, like the cage. It makes no sense. Outside it. It's like, why would you do that? Like, it, there's no need to use it for that. Like, I think it's because people don't know better, but like, we actually really wanted to talk about this because it's getting wild. And like, one of my buddies even told me the other day, there's only three racks at this one gym we go to. He went and he went to go use one rack and buddy goes, sorry, dude, I'm doing um, rows here. And then he's like, what? Okay, whatever. Right? Like the one we just talked about. He goes to the other rack. Same guy goes, hey, I'm using that one for my chin ups. And it's like, bro. Like, and he was like, dude, why don't you take the barbell off the one rack? Do your chin ups and your rows in the same rack. You know, like it isn't that crazy. Like the fact that people using two racks, like especially when gyms are busy, like racks are important, especially if you're trying to power lift, squat, you know, deadlift, you can even bench in those suckers. Like, you know, it, it makes sense to use the equipment in the gym for what it's for. And once again, it's a little random ramp, but I'm sure people feel our pain. And like, same thing too with deadlifts. Like you don't need to set the deadlift bar on the rack in between sets. Like if you're going to be picking it off the floor, like it makes more sense to pick it off the floor. That's wasted effort. You know, you're lifting it all awkward. Um, you know, a really good tip too, if you're struggling to put the plates on for your deadlift, get a little five pound dumbbell, put it on, roll your actual bar and the one plate over it, then you can easily lift more plates on it. It's a very bootleg jack uh, that we like to use. So that's another new segment, Josh's rant. I mean, I think a lot of people need to know this. And um, yeah, I guess we're just a little frustrated because it was a week ago and it was like a Monday holiday. It was just really busy. Buddy, and, this was two days ago. Well, I guess when this is coming out. So. Oh, true, But true. yeah, um, we like basically um, just went in there. Well, we're getting ready for a meet. Like yeah. this is, you know, and like... Even Kyle said he was kind of mad at the guy and he said a mean way, but it is true. It's pretty like, rude. I'm not he's gonna like, lie. he's like, buddy, there's enough um, space for all of us in here. Like, it's just a matter of like, if you can do your thing and, you know, share, like it's what it's for. Like gyms suck. They're crowded. We get it. Uh, but it is important. You know, we're all being cordial and helping each other out and helping everyone grow and get the best results possible. So those are just a few, you know, another good example is like using an actual bench press, like with the barbell to do your dumbbell bench. Like it just doesn't make sense. You know, like you just use another um, bench, like, you know, you can easily just wait and you want to share and, you know, be fair. And like it, these little things are important. I, I mean, dead serious. We should make a video or something. I don't yeah, know if we, we want to make it. like a free course to send it to everyone, especially if you're a beginner, like we understand, but like, and that's the thing. If you're new, I, I get these things yeah. can be scary if you don't know what they are. And whatever, like, but even like a lot of it's kind of common sense. It's like, eh, do I need this much space to do this easy thing? You know, like, yeah. So we're going to frame this into a question. What is your number one pet peeve? Oh, I have another one. You want to know my number one pet peeve? And I, this drives me crazy more than anything. I mean, whatever, maybe I'm more neurotic than most, but I really dislike when people use the actual weight rack to rack their weights, the dumbbell rack. So what I mean is like, you know, there's all the plates, five through a hundred, whatever, or dumbbells, sorry. Like if you have to go up, grab them, stand in front of the rack to do your curls or your single arm rows, it's the worst because you can't walk by. Like usually there's a little area for walking. I'm trying to move with my hand to show it. Um, 
or you put away your weights. And there's so many times I'm standing there dying, like holding like hundred pound dumbbells, trying to get by someone and they're looking at themselves in the mirror, you know, doing their bicep curls. And it's like, if you take a few steps back, you know, you keep that laneway open. Like you don't need to rack them there. Like people have such a thing against putting their, their weights on the floor. It's funny. And the other funny thing too is water bottles. I know we've talked about that, yeah. but people do not want to put anything on the floor. Like water bottles are one thing, but weights, like, you know, even a single arm row, you know, pull it back a little bit. Um, put your hand on a bench, put your hand on something else. Like, you know, you just want to keep those laneways open, obviously putting your way or weights. I'm pretty sure we did a whole episode on pet peeves, uh, which was yeah, really fun. Hey, it's, it's always nice to touch up. I think, especially cause we have a lot of That's new listeners like, um, this one dude, you know, recently I'm just trying to squat, you know, and then, um, he, he was basically taking up like four different things. And I watched like, you know, he was kind of in my rack. And then, like, he was at the other side of the gym, and I oh, saw people like, the... yeah, the, the man bun dude. Yeah, yeah. I know. So, like, really. a lot of people are like, hey, you know, can I use this? He's like, no, I'm using it. And then, like, he's just, like, literally taking up so much space and doing, Well, like, tell them what he was doing. So, he, he basically, like, you and know the here's dip? the thing. So Kyle you know the just dip. said he had a man bun. So yeah, so you're kidding. Nope. You, know the, you know the dip, the, the dip bar? Yeah. Um, he had it attached to my squat rack, which makes mm. me feel uncomfortable. When someone's behind me doing stuff, and I have 400, 300 pounds on my back, I'm like, get away from me. So he has that, but then he, he, he basically put a 60-pound 60 60 fixed barbell, picks it up, and then walked all the way across the gym to do step-ups. But he, the point was that he was resting that barbell on that dip thing for no good reason because he didn't want to pick it up and put it over his head. And he's taking up my space and telling me. Then when is he using like two other ba- – he was using four things. Like yeah. you can use two things in max. Yeah. If you're doing a superset, cool, but you also have to think of the day, you know, like even us, we were trying to hoard an extra barbell because we want to use it for our deadlifts that had better knurling and someone's like, Hey, can I use this? Like, yeah. Like, you know, at the end of the day, as much as we wanted, we can't take two things, right? Yeah. Like it is what it is. And that's it. I mean, at the end of the day, I think if you're thoughtful, everyone will appreciate it and just being nice. Yeah. And- just go around and ask like, how can I be the most considerate person? How can I be like accommodating to everyone? Oh, yeah, we got some good funny gym yeah. stories. Man. Josh and I are lucky because we got to work out at 930. So that's why like yeah. the other day when it was like the family day thing, we saw a lot more people that are there at night. And I'm sure you guys probably see crazy things. So maybe we'll share it on our next podcast. Like shoot us a message with like the craziest thing you saw or like your yeah, let's peeve. Let's hear some peppies. So yeah, once again, if you want to submit questions, you know, engage, talk to us about the episodes. I, I really like when people are like, hey, episode 132 spoke to me like, you know, it changed my life, this and that. It means a lot. Like, it's cool to know, like, what we're doing and saying. And even people posting stories, you know, enjoying the content, sharing with their friends. Like, the number one, the number, the two number, like, best things you can do to support, um, I'd say number one are, like, sharing an Instagram story. You can take our page, at Colossus Fit, with a screenshot of the podcast. Because, you know, even me, I really like to get advice, you know, from my friends, my family. What are you listening to? What are you reading? Like, when I'm referred to something, I like it. I have a hard time, you know, being like, oh, look at this new podcast. I'm going to listen to it, you know. You just assume most of it's nonsense. So when someone sees a lot of people posting and recommending, it goes a long way. So if you enjoy it and you can do, you know, do us a solid of posting it to your story and tagging us, it'll mean the world. We'll love you. We'll send you some love on Instagram. Yeah, and, we'll triple like you. Dude. Yeah, triple like, baby. Quad yeah. like. Yeah. We're going to turn it up. Uh, so that's number one, at Colossus Fit, C-O-L-O-S-S-U-S-F-I-T, uh, black and white logo. Um, number two, that hundred review goal. We're trying, but we're not there yet. Like, uh, we're, we're not, I think we're like 83, 84 reviews, 
maybe. So we're trying to get 100. It's only February 19th as of recording. Uh, so if you could take the time to leave a review, it would mean so, so much. Once again, you just on an iPhone or any Apple device, go to the podcast app. If you don't have it, just download it quick from the Apple store. Search Fit Healthy Happy Podcast, step two. You know, go to it, click five stars, write a review, step three, you're done. You know, you, you made go. our world. You're helping us get to that goal. 100 should be so easy, but like we're sitting here begging. We're on our knees. Uh, if you can help us not look silly and help us reach this goal, at least we'll say it was worth it. Uh, and that way, you know, this podcast gets out to more people. We can spread this info, get better guests, better quality mics, better quality this and that. And, you know, just be inspired to produce more episodes. Yeah. So, okay. We got uh, another question. Let's um, do it. This is from Brianna. Oh, hey, then been, we'll end it. This is a chunky yeah. boy, this episode. I've been listening to your podcast like me right now at work every week. <laughs> And love it. I'm an active 23-year-old ex-gymnast. Works out three times a week for an hour each time. That's awesome. Uh, my question are, what are some workouts I can do to get rid of my armpit, armpit fat? I don't know what else to call it. Tricep um, so, fat. Yeah, this is like the tricep area they're referring to. That's the to. most common thing. Yeah. A lot of women especially. But yeah. Yeah, they say I do tricep and tri triangle push-ups Mondays and Fridays. And Wednesdays I do 20-pound dumbbell bench presses and 15-pound dumbbell horizontal, horizontal flies. Thanks for your help. So yeah, this is awesome. Like obviously they're trying to really like focus on that area, which is amazing. Building up the strength, building up the muscle within that area. The biggest thing I'll say, and I'll say this for any specific area, because we get asked like, especially for females, like the back fat, you know, in the in the lat area, um, you know, the belly fat and stuff. Is like truthfully, you can do all these exercises until you're black and blue, and I do believe they're amazing. And especially once you do lose a little bit more fat overall, they'll come in so nicely. So the biggest thing I would say is really try to dial down your macros. Make sure you're getting an adequate amount of protein, you know, all the fundamentals, like enough rest and all that stuff. But I do believe that the actual body fat percentage does need to go down slightly, even if it's depending on your situation, anywhere from two to 10%. Um, and uh, that's just obviously a random number, but I do believe you need to lose that body fat. And with all these strength gained and muscle gained within this extra, uh, within this muscle group that you've been focusing on, you'll be uh, amazed at what you can accomplish. So yeah, track your macros, you know, figure out there's a lot of calculators online. If you need help um, from us, just shoot us an extra email, we'll take care of you. But I do believe that deficit is, uh, is the biggest thing that you can um, truthfully do to help you kind of get rid of that armpit fat because once again you can't like spot reduce body fat um, at least in my opinion uh, I haven't seen it done before but there's a couple things you can do within maybe losing a bit of body fat or recomp or whatever it is yeah um, this one's very tough um, especially women um, women in their arm arms is probably one of the toughest areas I think out of anything uh, I like it's probably the biggest challenge everything can be done um, but as Kyle said, like we all put on fat differently. Like I put a lot of fat on my arms, which is good. You know, as a guy, like, and when you pair that with muscle, like when I bulk up, my arms just look massive. Like I got to like 20 inches on my arms flex, which is nutty, you know, um, and it, it'll look good. But for women, a lot of women want to maintain, you know, that bigger lower body, like, and not like, not like bigger, you get my point, bigger lower body, like glutes, quads, hams, you know, not waist or anything like that. So they want that to be denser and strong. Then they want really, really thin arms and like, that's tough to do because to maintain a thin arm, like Kyle said, number one, you got to reduce body fat. Like if you want to thin out your arm, that's going to be your best friend. And if there's extreme measures of fat, like, you know, you can grab it and you can feel a lot. You got to bring your body weight down. If you do want to get rid of that, it's the only way. Um, but like if you're someone who's already very skinny 
and you have very dainty arms, like, um, you know, and you're just weak and you don't have much and it jiggles a little bit, but your arms still do present as skinny um, and you're someone who you would argue is underweight and you actually need to gain weight, you can go ahead and still gain that weight positively, you know, just push some tricep volume in, actually turn that flab, you know, as Arnold said, if it jiggles, it's fat. Uh, it's a pretty simple way to see it, right? And, you know, kind of just build those triceps out, especially if you're starting from that skinnier place. Where you want to be careful is doing a ton of arm volume if you already have arms you know, with a little bit of fat on them. Truthfully, it'll just make them look a little bigger in my opinion, um, especially for women. And that's where it can be tough. Yeah. So I'll do minimal volume. And, you know, a lot of people go, oh, just do 20 reps. And that's not really how it works. You know, hypertrophy is hypertrophy. Muscular stimulus is muscular stimulus. If you have fat and muscle, you know, it's just going to still present big. You really have to tone that up to have that lean look. And women naturally do have dense, um, sorry, smaller like bone density, especially in the arms. And they're not, that's why they're not going to have that mass. You don't have testosterone. So you don't have to be worried about getting massive pipes. Like if you want really muscular arms as a woman, you got to work hard, but saying so like the number one thing you can do is bring down that body fat, um, you know, do a decent amount of arm volume. And even to this, um, girl's question here, like she's just listing, uh, two exercises she does twice a week with 20 and 15 pounds. Like Truth be told, that's not really going to do it much. Like yeah, you gotta, and then the, there's the push-up still. The, char, uh, the Three exercise. Yeah. But you get my there's point. Thing, like yeah. Three exercises are magic. You actually have to, you know, yeah. like if it's jiggling because you're underweight, you know, you actually got to train them hard, do some things. You got some really good YouTube videos. If you search Colossus Fitness Tricep, there's a ton. You know, I'd recommend doing them maybe once to twice a week, you know, after a push day, kind of slap some of those in, get it going. But a lot of it, you kind of got to go to the drawing board and look at body composition as a whole and how that works. And once again, every woman is so different. Some women will naturally hold muscularity. Some are very, very um, lean and don't want to have chicken arms. and want to gain that strength. So this question can be sent two ways. And, you know, it's something I spent a lot of my time with, especially as uh, myself and Kyle find ourselves training more and more women these days. Uh, it's finicky, but don't worry. Um, at the end of the day, you know, train, have a balanced training regimen, periodize it, challenge yourself. You can still go to failure, but if there's a lot there, you do need to bring down that body fat. Yeah, the biggest mistake I'd say, and we've said it twice now, I want to just really get it across, is that a lot of people will take these exercises, think that it's just going to be magic, and still be in either a maintenance or a surplus, and then just like they're kind of disappointed when their arms are like maybe even an inch bigger, and it's like they're looking jacked, but they're not like like toned like i don't love the word tone but i know like this yeah, is what a lot what of people, people are want. looking for this is what you want and i know exactly when people say it what it is you're looking for so yeah we'll take care of you for anyone who does want you know extra assistance we're your guys you know fit healthy and happy podcast um we're probably at 80 or 85 reviews or something i don't even know if we're that far but um you know uh, i'll look my, while you talk one of my clients uh stephanie the one who i shouted at the very start of the podcast she just said that she finally downloaded the iPhone thing because I guess she listens on Spotify and then went ahead and left the review. And, you know, obviously for some people it might be a bit annoying to like, you know, go download an extra thing or like use an iPad or like anything like that. Even Ooh. if you're on a friend's phone. What 87 ratings? 87. 83 reviews. So 83 reviews. So we're going for the reviews. Like, Oh, look at someone. Look at this. I'm going gonna, gonna to spotlight this right here. Right. This fired me up. Someone left a review. Um, Andy Liu. For that 100, baby. <laughs> That's what he said. Awesome, simple, and easy information for anyone with a passion in fitness or healthy living. Highly recommend. Steph with an F just lost a beefy review. That's, um, that's her, yeah. Yeah, that's what a Steph, beauty. Yeah. Uh, as Kyle said, you know, Jada Beeb, Colby Park, um, Mystic, Clyde Barrow, Humphrey555, Annika804, Yolanda, and Reed are all our newest reviews. We love you all. Yeah. I'm going to name so much. Uh, my first child after every single one of you. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of children, buddy. <laughs> all right, peace. Thank you so much for loving, uh, listening. Peace and love always. Mwah. Peace and love.